This is Dubai Eye 103.8. Career Clinic. And I'm pleased to say in the studio we have Mita Shrivatham, who is the chapter president of Thai Dubai and the founder of Market Buzz. She's contributed much to the SME economy here in the UAE, whether it's in the form of advice or help with funding. So, first of all, Mita, thank you for coming in. Uh, um, well, thank you very much for having me here. I'm not the chapter president, the chapter president is Yad Matar. Okay. I'm on the board of directors and a charter member for Thai Dubai. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Thai Dubai, first of all. So Thai Dubai is actually the, Thai Dubai is the local chapter of an international organization that's based out of Silicon Valley. Um, we have 63 chapters in about 14 countries. And everywhere we work with the entrepreneurial ecosystem to try and help startups and entrepreneurs through different programs, through mentoring, through uh, events and f- workshops. We also have, uh, in some places, we have different cohorts. Um, we work on uh, different pro- programs that we create around it. We have global programs that we reach out and expand into the local market. And in some places we adapt, like we have... In Dubai, we've launched something called Thai Hustle. Okay. <laughs> and I like that's the name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the Thai Hustle is a program that we have which we support the under-served um, market. There are lots of entrepreneurs who fall by the wayside because they're not glam. They're not in the high end of, you know, setting up with the lights. But they need, they need the help as well. So we launched Thai Hustle to talk about that and to help them. So... <clears throat> Mita, uh, Thai means the Indus entrepreneurs. Yes, that's what, what, what does that mean? Well, when, when it originally started in Silicon Valley, it was started to help the um, Indus Valley, which is the in Indians, Pakistanis, all of them that were working there. It started as a cre- creating an ecosystem for them as a support system for themselves. Interesting. And now it's... It's as I said, sixty-three chapters in fourteen different countries. And it's is it, is it's it still not aiming at, at is it still no, aiming at helping that demographic? No, or, absolutely okay. not. Right. It's it helps everybody. As I said, Ziad Matar is our chapter, so yeah. he's from Lebanon. Lebanon. Yeah. So that's one string to your bow, so to speak, um, Thai Dubai. But you also are the founder of Market Buzz. So t- tell us about Market Buzz. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Uh, Market Buzz is a PR and communications agency. We work with more, a lot of B2B tech clients and a lot of startups. Um, I'm working at the moment with a um, logistics startup, uh, basically helping them on their journey. Um, they've launched and they've, uh, they've started the business, but they're still in the in the early stages, they only launched last year. So they're still in the early stages of their... And um, what kind of services do you provide as a, as a PR? Is this PR agency, Market Buzz? Yeah. Uh, what PR kind of services do you provide? Well, we support them with PR, with giving them uh, advice on what are the best ways to make the most use of this. The, the reason I started Market Buzz was because I thought there was an, a need in the market for an agency that would provide services that would be within budgets rather than, you know, uh, okay, I can do all of this, but I, you know, it's, it's like how long is a piece of string? So mm. I was trying to make sure that they could have something within their confines of budgets. So. Okay. And uh, I guess, you know, you, you see your role, whether it's through Market Buzz or, or within Thai Dubai as assisting the SME sector here in the region. Tell us how you've seen it transform. Well, for, for one, I see that there is a lot more resources available now than there used to be. When we first started Thai, that's about 15 years ago, we started mm. Thai Dubai. 
um, Tiger Pai at that time, we had to help w- and work with a lot of people where there weren't enough infrastructure. There wasn't enough resources or licensing opportunities or even some of the businesses that we have now. That ho- all has changed. There are opportunities there. I mean, there are still a lot of areas where, where they need help. Um, banking is one of them, but don't get me started on that. Mm. But other than that, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that is available now than it was there. I mean, people are also encouraged to be there, to become job creators rather than just job seekers. Um, and that's uh, that's quite an uh, interesting way to grow the economy because uh, everywhere in the world, the SME sector is the mainstay of each economy anyway. And and I guess, Mita, from your experience, you have your own company, but you also are, are helping other SMEs. Um, what are some of the big mistakes you see a lot of people making? You've said some of the SMEs you encounter are sort of fallen by the wayside. Maybe they're not on the glamorous side of things. But what are the big mistakes you often see? Because a lot of people that we have listening to this show are thinking of setting up their own business or have recently done so. So what kind of common mistakes do you see over and over? I think one of the the two mistakes that I see a lot of people making, and one is that they stretch their resources beyond what they can absolutely do. And that affects a lot of um, mental as well as physical health for a lot of people. And I think that's wrong. I mean, I think you need to take take on what you can handle for now and had it, uh, handle it in bite sizes. I'm not saying that you shouldn't think big. But I think you should, like, like you do with any project, you break it down to its individual components and handle what you can handle and where you can outsource it. Okay. Um, I would say, yes, that is one of the key areas. And in terms of helping people secure funding, how, what's your sort of role and responsibility there? Uh, mine, I, I personally just give uh, directions on where they can go, what they can do, how they can prepare themselves for it. And that's how we work at Tide Dubai. We, that's what we have our mentorship programs around. It's a 12-month program, which is very clearly saying where people can actually come in and say, I need help with funding. Then we find the right people to help them, to mentor them, to prepare the right uh, um, business plans to make sure they have pitched to the right people, make sure they they are ready for it. I mean, it's not a question of just going and getting funding. You need to be ready to know what you want to do with it. And you need to be able to prove that there, you can give a return on investment for somebody who's going to invest in you. Career Clinic. And our guest today, Mita Srinivasan, who is the board director but board direct board of director of events at Tai Dubai, easy for me to say, and the founder of Market Buzz. So thank you so much for staying with us, Mita. You're my, well, most welcome. So we've been asking you quite a lot about what you do at Market Buzz and what you do at Thai Dubai, and we've had quite a few questions coming in for you. Um, and we're just um, we had a tweet that's come in on our topic, and I'd be quite interested to to, to hear your opinion, Mita, because you've got a broad um, wealth of experience here in the region in terms of SMEs. So we're asking people, it basically came off the back of an Uber story. Uber are opening an app in Chicago at the moment, a trial app, and they're basically allowing you to connect if you're the person employing them or being employed it's matchmaking you can bid for a job and you can go and take it so um we're asking people do we need more support for casual workers and will is it a boost to the sme sector so what would be your experience meter well uh, in in the freelance uh, side of it i mean as pr agencies we do use freelancers 
um, quite often. Uh, and it's not just me. It's a lot of agencies that do it. Yeah. When it comes to design, it comes to copywriting, it um, comes to helping with media relations in out other countries outside the area as well. We do use a lot. And there are freelance uh, licenses available, which mm. people use. And I think there is a, I think it's a very great way to, again, it's about job creation. And we work with TCOM. TCOM have freelance licenses and they have areas where you can sort of go in and, you know, get your license and work with them. So I think freelance is, is quite a good idea for a lot of people. Um, there are a lot of people who've been let go from the media set, uh, area as well because people are streamlining costs. And that, so those, those guys need this is a good option for them. Indeed. Uh, do you think having something like an app will help with the transparency or, and do you think in time we'll have legislation to support them? Because lots of freelancers in, in this part of the world will argue it's very difficult for them to chase clients for payments. It's very difficult to sometimes have that breakdown in contract where they are told they're going to be paid and then when somebody doesn't pay up, it's quite different, difficult to chase them or, or, or embark on legal action. I agree. but And that's why having a proper license so that you can have legal, uh, proper contracts, etc. are very important. And I think there are a couple of sites here. Well, I think Nabesh is one of them, if I'm not mistaken, that do a lot of freelance things. Yeah. And you can do payments through them as well and manage that as well. Um, I, I can't advise them what, what people need to do, but I think the resources are there. And I think they need to re, you know, do, do their research before they work mm. with anybody. Even with the company or with the client, find out what their background is. There are people and there are groups, for example, there's a Facebook group uh, for freelance journalists and PR to have conversations there. And you can go in there and ask people, you know, for advice and for information and they tell you. So, if, I mean, I know from the PR and the media side of it that, that there's such a group. But I'm sure there's one in every single area, yeah. in every single expertise area. And you can ask people questions. And people are actually very helpful when it comes to say, you know, here's a place you can go to. Here's what you can do. That research this is a reliable exactly. company and then to there work are, for. There are people like Virtuzone and others who are probably doing licensing and everything else. And they'd probably be able to give you advice as well as a freelancer to say what you could do. Talk to lawyers as well. I'm sure there are enough lawyers out there who are happy to give you a little bit of free advice to say, you know what, you need to protect yourself here maybe if you don't go to see but just interim advice to say you know i need help here they'll give you the here's advice. a great idea they can talk to virtue zone as well so. <laughs> she said she <laughs> did say that we try we try to give as much of that of that uh, yeah. of that advice as possible and you know what the advantage is we've seen so many companies yeah. right and so many different mm. setups yeah. and nothing is foreign to us anymore like so today you can come to us with the craziest idea like yeah mm, that, that, that looks like a, a, you know a, an issue that we had a couple of months ago or whatever that we're used to and that we had, this is how we resolved it back then so so yeah that's, that's one of the real va added values that there is in, 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 in yeah. working with somebody like virtues I, I was i was at a, an event on wednesday with dubai startup hub and there was a couple of these startups who said it was easier for them to say sorry afterwards and first jump into the idea you know see how it works check it out test it out talk to people um and then do it you I'm not saying that they won't get burnt. Everybody will get burnt at some point or the other. We all do. We have mistakes. But we learn from our mistakes. Mistakes are not bad. Yeah. We learn from them.
No risk, no reward. Um, Bukhtiyas tweeted, actually, we've been talking about this topic, casual workers, and says it will help finding a resource for short-term assignments. But how different would it be than any outsourcing website and traditional classified ads in the UAE? There are a different set of requirements to work or hire here in the UAE, so it would be interesting to see if it could work here. Excellent um, insight there from Bukhtiyas. We've also had Grant contact us. Grant is an aspiring entrepreneur and is in talks with VirtuZone, so... Listen to this, George. Heard something on the news recently about uh, non-Dubai residents being able to set up shop here in the UAE. Does that also mean that setting up a business here and then repatriating, would I be able to maintain that business or would I have to shut down and then restart a new business as a non-resident? So we talked a little bit about this, George, in, in the in the news, in Well Briefed. And as you mentioned, it's very early days for this legislation. It is. We have very little information. Uh, it's something that's being uh, worked on as, as we speak. Uh, to answer Grant's question, at the moment, from what we understand, you cannot, uh, you will not, you cannot migrate to a virtual license at the moment. If you're currently a resident, or uh, are, are, are are planning on becoming a resident, this license is not for you. It's purely for non-residents. You must have a tax number from the jurisdiction of the country that you're living in. You have to share that tax number and that tax information. Yeah. If you want a bit more information, Gran, I can point you in the direction of Dubai Virtual Commercial City. Um, This website has just launched, obviously. And as George mentioned, this is particularly designed for people who aren't going to be here and don't plan to be here. Um, So so head over and have a look at that one. Um, Mita, this question's come in for you on 4001. It's from Jenny. Jenny says, do you have a programme for working mums who would like to start their own business? So I presume she's she's talking about Thai Dubai there. Um, well, as time to buy, we don't differentiate. If you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter whether you're mom, dad, grandson, child. child, whoever. If you need entrepreneurial help, we're there to help you. So she can absolutely reach out to us. Uh, go to dubai.tai.org. And if Say you drop that again us in slowly. Dubai.tai.org. That's the website for the Dubai chapter. And if you go in there and click on email, it'll all come to uh, one of us and we will definitely get back to her. And she can reach out to me on Twitter or on, you know. And and what's your Twitter handle? Um, Mita56. Okay, there you go. Um, Godfrey also asks, in terms of Thai Dubai, do you have a pro pro bono legal service? Everything that Thai Dubai does is free of charge. We don't charge for any of our programs, but we're very selective about where we do it. Um, Our events are open to anyone, and we do about two events a month around different uh, topics. We do free legal workshops that are also hosting, so he can come and join in at any time. We're going to be at uh, Jitex next week. Um, We have a lounge there, and we will have a lawyer there who can do one-on-one consultations for people uh, for short bits so they can come in and check the schedule and see when she's in and come and ask her questions and she'll answer their questions. So we're going to be at Jitex Future Stars for that. Okay, interesting. Um, Moran's text in on 4001 as well and says, I would like to start my own business whilst still under employment. Is there a special kind of visa for that? Do I need to seek permission from my employer? Well, no, there is no special type of visa for if you're currently employed and have a visa, there's no, there's no, there's no special visa where you can have two visas at the same time. Uh, do you need to ask for permission from your employer? That depends on the jurisdiction. Mm. For example, Dubai free zones will require that you get an NOC from your employer. Northern Emirates, Northern Emirates free zones, depending on which one, some of them will, some of them won't to uh, answer the question. But no, you cannot have two, vi- two different visas in this country. You need to have one visa. And if it's under your employer, then it's under your employer. 
Okay, so um, have a look at what you might be interested I guess this is the ideal person that needs to come in and have a chat. You don't know what they're thinking of Absolutely, opening or Absolutely, or where. just call us and, and we'll be happy to help. Okay, um, Mita Allen um, also got in touch and says, what's your opinion on banks not being flexible enough to support SMEs? Now, obviously, I don't want you to use any names here, but it's something that comes up a lot here. And a lot of the banks are making big changes, George. We've seen that. You have a partnership. We're seeing banks try and make it a little bit easier for businesses here to set up without these exorbitant amounts that needed to be deposited. But we've still got a bit of a way to go. So what's your your sort of feelings on that? Alan wants to know, Mita. Well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a tricky <laughs> let me one. Jump very, in very because difficult. Mita, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let me jump in here. We we meet we meet we meet with the banks on a regular basis, and, and Neil Petch, our chairman, is on on one of the committees that's that's uh, that, that 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 looks into SME banking. It's not the bank's uh, fault, right? Banks wish they could have as much business as possible and wish they could open up as many accounts as possible. That's the nature of their business. The more accounts they have, the more business they, 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 they do. There is certain requirements that are on an international level to protect from certain activities, illegal activities, illegal financial activities, that uh, that make the banking system much more rigid and they make, that makes opening a bank account much more difficult. Today, to open a bank account, you need many different things. You need to prove that you're actually a legit business, prove that you're going to do business in the future, prove that you're able to do business, prove what your source of funds is, that you're gonna put some money into the bank and so on and so on. And this is something that is in line with international standards, right? does it make the process more difficult? Yes, it makes the process more difficult because there's more due diligence. There's more KYC, which is know your client. Now you were starting to see KKYC or know your client's client, sorry, KYCC, which is know your client's client and so on and so on. And the, the systems will become more and more rigid as we progress and not the other way around because there's more and more uh, a control of, 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 uh, of cash flows and, 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 and uh, capital, capital movements around the world. And I, I get all of that, George. I, I do get that. And I get the need to, to, to ensure that people setting up are legitimate and there's a good chance for them. However, you know, there is still this idea if I'm trying to set up a business and I can't get my business off the ground or my license off the ground without my bank account and I haven't got my clients yet, it can sometimes feel yeah. difficult. So I sat down and I asked one of the leading banks, one of the senior people in the leading banks here that were in our office, and we were discussing a certain a certain case that we had of... of a lady that was doing some consulting, you know, a lady of a certain age that was doing some consulting and had been doing that all her life. And it took forever to open her bank account. And it was a problem and it got rejected once and twice. And then we had to intervene to get it to get it approved the third time and so on. And I said that I said, listen, instead of just not opening bank accounts for all these people just on the grounds that there are one or two people that are dodgy or that do dodgy operations, why don't you just open bank accounts for everyone. And then as soon as somebody does a, a, a dodgy operation, then just immediately shut them, block the operation and shut them down. And he said, that they're telling me, George, there are so many ways to go around the system now and go around these algorithms that we have in place that it's virtually impossible mm. once a bank account is open to be able to detect some of these professional scammers that are coming in or these professional money movers or whatever it is. And that's the reason why they go the other way around. So they make sure that they make sure that everything is legit before they open a bank account rather than opening one for everyone and then just blocking the ones that are dodgy. But I do understand and I, I completely agree. It's, it's a big problem. It's a big problem at the moment. Bank accounts for SMEs are a big problem and a lot of people are working on it as we speak.
Okay, sorry, Mita, I think I interrupted you no, on no. that. No, no, I think he, she's very he, he, happy. I jumped I'm very in. happy she jumped in because <laughs> it's not, it's one of my bugbears. Yeah. So, okay, um, <laughs> we have a final question that we have time for here. It's from, it's for you, George. This is about licenses. Do you have any information regarding licenses for people in Abu Dhabi? So, we have a DDE trader license for some things in Dubai, which would be ideal for the business model they're launching, but. You know, they want to know if there's anything similar in Abu Dhabi because that's where they're based. There is something similar, similar, similar in Abu Dhabi. It's called the Abu Dhabi DEDE Trader. It's more expensive than the one in Dubai. But again, this is one of the typical things where you know some people will be sitting around lunch or sitting around dinner. Oh, you know what? I got the I, I so I found this great license. It's very cheap. It's this. It's that. You don't have to do anything. But these licenses, in most cases, are very limited and they're used for certain things. This E-Trader license, for example, is used for some, by somebody who doesn't want a bank account, that doesn't need a VAT number, that's going to trade under those, uh, under those thresholds, that doesn't need an office. That, it's, and it's like it's selling very, something on a market stall exa- at a weekend type exactly, thing. Exactly. Very, very limited. Small, small that, photographer yeah. that's going to do family and friends yeah. photos and stuff like that. This is not a trading license, not an actual license that you can use if you're starting a company. So we have to be very careful also with what we hear and and. and, and and, and, you know, compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. But to answer the question, there is a similar one in Abu Dhabi. I think it's around 6,000 dirhams. Okay, perfect. Um, that's all we've got time for um, in Career Clinic this week. So huge thank you to our guest, Mita Srinivasan, who is a board member and head of events at Thai Dubai and the founder of Market Buzz. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show this week. Thank you for having me. This is Dubai I 103.8.